The pair of games over the weekend exposed two deep issues with this Pelicans team despite them getting a victory. Let's break down the disastrous second quarter against the Lakers and how they only squeaked out a win over the Portland Trailblazers. It's the Monday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday, tipping off a week's worth of shows for you. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube as well. Become an everyday or listen Monday through Friday. We are the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Some programming notes we got a show today for you on Lundigra. Hopefully you're out celebrating if you're in another part of the country world where you don't get off on Monday. I'm sorry. Same for Tuesday. We'll have a show here for you tomorrow on Mardi Gras Day, Fat Tuesday. Wednesday is probably 50-50. Uh, that's the plan is to put out a show, but let's see how Tuesday goes. And then we'll, we'll close out the week strong. We also have all-star break coming up. So we get a little bit of downtime here, but there's still going to be shows and I need your help. Let me know what you want to hear talked about, what questions you have since we won't have games as much to cover over the next week or so. So how about the show? And we'll get your questions answered live unlocked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmba. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonmba. To post your job for free, terms and conditions apply. So let's get into it. Two games for the Pelicans over the weekend going one in one. That's not the worst. Could have been better. Because that loss against the Los Angeles Lakers, it's the Lakers, you want to win that game just on principle, right? Was also pretty disastrous for the second quarter. The Pelicans played relatively well in that game. Relatively, they didn't play amazing, but relatively well, but really fell apart entirely in the second quarter. And it wasn't the offense this time. They put up 35 points. That's good enough to to win most quarters for you. But they gave up 51. 51. They held the Clippers in the previous game here to 47 points in the first half. And in this game, they let the Los Angeles Lakers score 87. That's a 40-point swing. Just maddening to see what this team does, where you go from the high of putting up a season high against the Jazz to like a low where it was a 70-point swing in the amount of points that you scored in your next game. This team can be very maddening at times here. So we're going to try and make a little bit sense of what happened. Now, this could also really be, you know, partially LA nightlife is undefeated. That is a saying in the NBA. When teams go to Los Angeles, they get a day off or a day in between games where you play the Clippers, then the Lakers, and you go out and party in LA. That's a problem, right? And that creates, I think, at times kind of a lack of urgency in the next game. There's there's a reason home court advantage is very much a thing in Los Angeles. But here's the thing, right? The Lakers played the night before. They should have been tired because we're going we're gonna to bring this up in the next segment too. 
right? The, the Pelicans were on the second night of a back-to-back and kind of struggled to get a win. Yet the Lakers came out in this one and really kind of went at the Pelicans, scoring 139 points in this. And it was that second quarter that was an absolute disaster. And it's, it's even worse because when you look at that second quarter, the Pelicans were really set up for success. Anthony Davis picked up his third foul early on in the first period and had to sit most of, the four, of that second quarter. He played just about half, shade over six minutes. So you couldn't really take take advantage when one of their their biggest threats is out, right? That meant that you were getting almost six minutes worth of Jackson Hayes. We know this. It's not great. That's not a good situation if you're the Los Angeles Lakers. Yet the Pelicans couldn't take an advantage, right? Plus minus wise, Jackson Hayes was a plus 15 in that quarter in five minutes and 43 seconds. It was a disaster for what the Pelicans were trying to do. And the lineup that really hurt them was Zion Williamson, CJ McCollum, Trey Murphy, Larry Nance Jr., then Dyson Daniels, and then Herb Jones too. They just really had no answer. You know, there was just no physicality there. That's where you miss Jonas Valanciunas, though Jonas Valanciunas checked in and still didn't have a particularly strong quarter because in very limited minutes, he played about two, well, they kind of like helped the bleeding, I guess. He played about six and a half minutes there and they were only a minus one. So they did need his physicality during all of that. And so the Pelicans got blitzed because of that. And it really led to this game just getting away from them right then and there. Just zero resistance defensively. Again, they scored well enough, right? But Larry was rough and just had no answer for when it felt like he should have been okay to kind of win that matchup. And then Zion's defense was atrocious in this one. Like, absolutely atrocious. He just looked like he had no clue what was going on at all in this in this second quarter, really in this game, right? Just backdoor cutters all around. When you compare, you know, the Pelicans offense to the Lakers offense in this one, the Lakers took just three mid-range shots. It was all threes and in the restricted area. And they made every single shot they took in the restricted area in that quarter. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven shots in the restricted area. The Pelicans weren't making their shots because the Lakers were, I thought, more physical. And this comes to kind of the first thing that I think we really saw, the two deeper issues with this Pelicans team that I said were exposed over the weekend in the open here. And that leads us to the first one here with the Lakers. When when other teams are more physical than the New Orleans Pelicans, the Pelicans just kind of wither and don't seem to have an answer for that, right? When Zion's not getting his shot to fall at the rim and struggling a little bit there, it tends to just kind of fall apart very quickly for this team. You know, they need to be able to answer the physicality, but the problem is they just don't have players that are like the most physical here. And I think that's leading to certain issues, right? Once you take Jonas Valanciunas out, who's the most physical player for this team, right? It's, it's Zion, I would say, just the way he can barrel at the rim. But when his shot wasn't falling and in that second quarter, he was just three of seven, only got to the line once, right? It just seems to really impact this team and they have no answer for that sort of thing. So the Lakers coming out, being more physical than them on defense, being more physical than them on offense too, by going out and, you know, trying to get down and score in the paint and all that just took this team out of it and they just lost the game right there. Right. You know, and they were having a balanced scoring effort in that second period. They're five of nine, but you've got to do more than just shoot threes. Threes are important. Don't get me wrong. Threes are really important, but you need to go out and you need to try and shoot a little bit better and try and get downhill and score at the rim. And it just evolved into very isolation style basketball that served nobody here. The Pelicans had eight assists in that quarter 
on 26 shot attempts, right? Like you could have done better. It was on 13 makes. So that number's not terrible, but it feels like they needed to be working the ball around more, doing a little bit more. And you just didn't see that from them. And then that physicality just took them out entirely. And you lost the game right there. That has been a theme all season long. You know, they weren't up ready for this one mentally for whatever reason. And then they really struggled with the physicality. Let's get into being up for the game, the energy, the effort more in the next segment here. Because, yeah, they beat the Portland Trailblazers. But would you say you were particularly inspired by that? Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find the quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And LinkedIn isn't just another job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Look, if you're running a small business, you don't want to be HR all the time. You want to be focusing on what's making you money, improving the bottom line. And that means you got to get people into these positions quicker. So LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you do that by making these resources available to you. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. And let me know on Twitter what you want me to talk about next week. I got this week planned out. We've got the game tonight on Monday night. So we'll recap that on Tuesday. Wednesday, I've got a show planned Thursday, we'll recap the game from Wednesday. Then Friday, I want to kind of look at the biggest questions going into the rest of the season, the stretch run here after the All-Star break for the Pelicans. But I also want to know what you want to hear about for next week as we talk about everything um, going into the All-Star break and all of that. So it should be a lot of fun here. Unlocked on Pelicans, let me know your questions. We'll try and answer them on the show, do whole shows around all of the listener questions here. Okay. So let's keep talking about the Pelicans over the weekend, getting a win after that kind of rough loss against Los Angeles. It's just a real roller coaster of a season overall for the New Orleans Pelicans. But look, a win's a win. So let's start with that. We're going to nitpick this win, but a win is a win. And holding a team to 84 points is pretty good, right? They held Portland under 25 points in every single quarter. Now, it didn't help that New Orleans, you know, scored 29 points in two quarters and then 18 and 17. And this was just more of a slog that you wanted. But eventually, you know, it was that they got a little bit of separation late in the game and that got them there. But this was this was rough for the Pelicans. You know, this was a game if you were watching it, you know, let's say you were out on the parade route on Endymion. And then you had it up on your phone like this guy here or wherever you were watching him. You were really confused by the team in this one, you know, coming off. Uh, a disappointing loss to the Lakers, right? Where they played with more energy and effort than you. The the team just didn't scream like they were up for this game. And I get that you're on the second night of a back-to-back, but like, so what? So what? How many times have we seen this before with this team that the just energy has to come from the bench? It doesn't come from the starters for the right 
for whatever reason, not the right reason, for whatever reason. And that's what you saw in this one, right? Like the Lakers were playing on the second night of a back-to-back and they beat you. you. You can match that. You know, those are things you can control. There are things that you don't control. That is one of those things that you absolutely do control. And so it was disappointing to see them not really kind of bring it in this game whatsoever. Now, there are notable things that were good, right? Obviously, Herb Jones, who I want to talk about in the next segment, I thought played excellent in this game as he's been playing for a while, going two of three, 14 points, you know, getting downhill, attacking, being aggressive, four rebounds, five assists, three steals. He's been awesome this year. You know, CJ was impactful by trying to dish the ball, move the ball around in the absence of Zion Williamson. Brandon Ingram didn't have a good scoring game, 38.1% on 8 of 21 shooting, but was moving the ball. So the ball wasn't sticking, and I do think that's an important thing here. 27 assists on 36 makes is a pretty good number. However, oh, is it just a slog at times with the offense? And when these guys aren't moving and that they do then just kind of devolve into like isolation ball and what have you, and the Pelicans need to find a way to kind of keep things flowing, right? Enter Jose Alvarado, enter Najee Marshall, who brought it again in this game. I don't think their numbers really kind of state their importance. You had to watch it and just kind of feel it for what they did for the team in this one, where they just brought the energy again. They were key in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. And Jose going out there and playing as much as he's been playing recently, he's back in the rotation, while Jordan Hawkins seems like he's kind of out of the rotation for the most part, though he got some run in this one, didn't make a shot. You know, it shows the need for a backup point guard. I I love Jose, right? Like, love Jose, but he's undersized and at times doesn't have the offense that you need, right? Just two points on the night. He only took three shots, so it's fine. Two assists, three steals. He brings you the energy. He brings you the defense. You just need a complete package there. And look, I give him so much credit and I'm glad he's on the team because I don't know where they would be without him at all. But that's definitely something that if this team wants to avoid, you know, a letdown and they could have lost this game. They could have lost this game, right? You saw Portland tie in. I think it was like 62 points. They tied it, had a chance to go take a lead, couldn't. And New Orleans then kind of just held it on. But without Zion, things like looked kind of dicey and you've got to get better play from your starters there, right? Like Brandon Ingram can't score 17 points on 21 shots. You can lose. You know, at least you had Trey Murphy kind of get back into a groove in this one. He was 5 of 8 from 3, 24 points. He was the leading scorer in this game, along with Jeremy Grant. 7 of 10, 5 rebounds, 2 blocks, a steal. Nice to see him get into a rhythm here. He had a rough game, I thought, against the Lakers. The defense wasn't great. Willie Green even talked about it after the game. But here, I thought you saw a nice bounce-back performance from him. Also like that he was named the starter here, even after being called out by the head coach. That shows some confidence in him, right? You had Jonas Valanciunas kind of do work down low. 7 of 9 here as well from the field. Najee came in off the bench, gave the team some energy, hit two threes. Really should have been three threes, but his foot was on the line for one of them. So that was great, right? It was also nice to see Matt Ryan get some run in this one, get a couple of minutes, go out and play, and start to work his way back because I think he could be you know, a guy that they sign, as we talked about on Friday's show, to one of the open roster spots that they have as well. But just what a sluggish game. What a sluggish game. So this comes back to kind of being efficient and making the most of possessions too. That if you're going to not play great basketball, you've really got to kind of do that. And the Pelicans don't always, right? Brandon Ingram took just two three-point attempts in this one. 
You know, he didn't take many. I don't have the numbers up in front of me here against the Los Angeles Lakers either. And it's after he had that kind of breakout game where he made eight threes and then he just stops taking him. It was 0 for 2 against the Lakers as well. So when he takes a combined four over the last two games, like what, what are we doing here? He knows he needs to take more threes. The team knows he needs to take more threes. And if he is, it's going to probably lead to better shooting than 8 for 21. At least if you make one of those, it's going to be worth an extra point. And it also puts more pressure on, you know, the opponent, right? Like if he had taken more against the Lakers, how would that have changed things potentially? I'm not saying the defense was the issue there, but if you see a couple shots go in, you know, does that change how you defend? Does that change the energy there? right? Does that change kind of the physicality-ness of it since they were being more physical than you? Take threes, break them out of that, right? Break up the paint. And this team just doesn't do it. And that's what's holding them back. I truly think that, you know, and so 17 points, 21 shots is not a good game. That's not efficient in a game that, you know, if they had lost this, we'd be roasting him right now, deservedly so. And because they got the win, we're kind of looking at results over process, which I always say you don't want to do, but we are a little bit here. And so he's getting a bit of a pass. But overall, they got to just get a little bit more energy and just get on the same page and feel like they have a a consistent, cohesive game plan, and they don't. So it just doesn't need to rely on Jose Alvarado, Najee Marshall coming in and bringing that energy that, look, what if they don't have it one night? Now, it's Jose, it's Najee. They're always going to bring that kind of energy, right? Like Najee is just chaotic good, the knife, in like the best sense of it all. So he's always going to bring it. But there's times when you worry about this team. This worry makes me worry about them in, you know, a playoff series, right? In a postseason run, if there's just not this consistency there, how is that going to go? And those are the type of things that worry me about this team right now and, you know, feel there could be a limit on their ceiling. So... We'll see where it goes from here, but look, good to get a win. You now go get a win you should get over the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. We'll see. Team makes me dicey, nervous at times. We'll see if they're capable of beating an 18-win Memphis Grizzlies team here. Memphis is 18 and 35. Pelicans are 31 and 22. 31 and 22 is a good record. Like, I don't want to kill this team. That's a good record. I'm happy that, again, that they are a good team that has some flaws and room to grow. But we're getting to the stretch run of the season. Like, you've got to be kind of figuring some of this stuff out now. And it feels like the Pelicans aren't. And they're still going to make the playoffs, I would assume. But it also feels like this could hold them back from a deeper postseason run and more success that we want to see from them. So coming up, Herb Jones appreciation. Let me know what you think of Herb Jones in the comments down below. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Right now, though, I'm excited to tell you about Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. Take the 2024 Nissan Rogue, for example. It's perfect for city drivers and great escapes. It is class-exclusive Google built-in. It's You're always updating Assistant to call on for almost anything. So you don't need to plug your phone in anymore. Google Assistant, Google Maps, Google Play Store, all built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. So the 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. There's also the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. has room for 
for up to eight, an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability. With 284 horsepower, that's a good number, and up to 6,000 pounds of towing when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. So take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada, and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are here Monday through Friday, the number one Pelicans podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. And let me know in the comments down below on YouTube or on Twitter. You can also DM me. My DMs are open of what you want to hear about next week. We got the all-star break coming up. We get to catch our breath a little bit. Should be a lot of fun um, with what's going to be going on in Indianapolis. Don't really know if we'll see much Pelicans representation, if any. And that's fine by me. Let everyone get a break and come back feeling refreshed and try and make a stretch run. We're not going to take any breaks here, though, because we are your team every day. It's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. So let me know what you want to hear about in the beginning part of next week here on Locked on Pelicans. So we went over there two games this weekend. Like I said, you know, I think to sum it up, it's this, right? The two deeper issues around this team is one, like they lack the energy. Like there's just some sort of edge, something missing from this team. It's just not, there hasn't truly ever been there during this kind of like era. They're just missing this and they feels like they play down to their competition a lot. Now they sometimes get wins, They haven't always done that. They've definitely played down to their competition in years past and they would lose more of those games than you would want. But here at least you saw them get wins and they've been getting wins. So that's encouraging. I'll give them that. But something feels like it's missing and it shouldn't be the the bench providing the kind of that spark plug, the, 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 the spark off the bench that you need. You want your starters to come out and just bring it. And for whatever reason, this team, whether it's the right combination of guys, what have you, just doesn't have it. You know, the other part is when other teams pay, play very physical, New Orleans doesn't really have an answer. It's physical defense on Zion Williamson trying to slow him down, but then it can be physical on offense when they get real aggressive to try and get into the paint. Pelicans do a very good job of limiting that, not letting teams do that. And when you saw in that Lakers game, right, while the defense was bad, they were also hitting a lot of tough shots, a lot of tough shots in that game. And look, if they just hit tough shots, it comes down to the cliche of it's a make or miss league. And sometimes it really is as simple as that. Sometimes guys just hit real tough shots and there isn't anything you can do about it. And I thought the Pelicans did a decent job of that, but there were so many lapses, right? Of not knowing where guys were, not really being able to handle the physicality and just getting taken out of the game, essentially letting the the Lakers impose their will on this team, letting them then do whatever they wanted. And that's not going to get you a lot of victories. You've got to have an answer for that. You have Jonas Valanciunas. He's a physical player. Zion is a physical player. Brandon Ingram is the tools and the size to be a physical player. Herb Jones probably shouldn't be a physical player because he'll get called for fouls, but he can be a physical player too. Any more of that. Uh, and we'll see if they kind of develop it over the final you know handful of games as we get closer and closer towards the playoffs here. One guy, though, I just mentioned him, Herb Jones, has been awesome this season. I want to point out a couple of things from him. You've seen a lot of growth from him. For his career, he's a 36% shooter from three. It's not a bad number. Wouldn't call it a good number. But this year, right now, he's shooting 40.8% from three. He's also elevated his free throw percentage at 85.1% from his career number of 81.3. By all 
measures, right? By all accounts here, he's having like the best season of his career in terms of scoring. The defense is there. We know the defense is going to be there. But he has just been very, very good this season. He's getting to the line in a way that you want him to get to the line. Slightly less than kind of his career numbers, but he's been more aggressive and you have games um, like you saw from him over the weekend where he can move and he can attack and he can score points for you. He's taking more threes than he ever has, right? An attempt more per game than last season, but then basically his career numbers. Three and a half attempts per game isn't like an insane number, but he's doing what you want to see Pelican shooters do, and that's make teams pay for leaving him open. I wouldn't hate if he starts taking a couple more from the corners he's been very good this season I've thought again 40.8 percent is excellent numbers here on corner threes let's see what he's shooting 42.4 percent from corner threes last year he was 32 percent from there right that's a 10 percent jump that's incredible the his rookie year was 34 percent from there he's taking more shot attempts from the corner three spots than he has been before too. So I think that says a lot about him and what he's doing. Um, over 50, about 55%, let's call it, of his three-point attempts have come from the corners. If he's going to hit those, and that's one of the most efficient shots you can get, that corner three is shorter than the threes above the break in the three-point line, thus making it, in theory, an easier shot. And that's why that corner spot is so important. There's also a lot of... What you need here, you know, court spacing with that because that shot can be so efficient. You see a lot of teams at this point in time really committing to defending that shot. So it spaces the court for you. So Herb Jones has done such an incredible job here. And I've been very happy with what we've seen from him this season, particularly with the shooting. Like, I don't think that gets talked about enough. You know, the defense has also just been outstanding. Him and Dyson have been very good as a pairing. Dyson doesn't have the offense that he does. But look, when you have a guy that does that and just doesn't get the respect from the referees and is capable of taking on some of the toughest assignments that he does night in, night out, doesn't shy away from it, loves it, is also just humble, goes out and works, all of that. Oh, I love Herb Jones and I hope they never trade him. Basically as simple as that. You know, we heard some rumors that maybe he was going to be included in trade talks, things like that. Look, for the right deal, maybe you do, but that's not a guy that the Pelicans are ever going to be shopping or ever going to be looking to move whatsoever. So Herb Jones appreciation here on Lundy Gras, the Lundy Gras episode of Locked On Pelicans. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Appreciate you all listening in. Enjoy your Mardi Gras. I know I will be too. You see me out on the parade route, say hi. I was out hanging out with host of Locked On Saints, Ross Jackson over the weekend. Ket Terrell, actually, NOLA.com was also with us. That was a lot of fun. So please, if you say if you see me, say hi. Let me know what's going on with the Pelicans. It's been a lot of fun hanging out with y'all and running into people over Mardi Gras. So let's keep it going for two more days here. And yeah, All-Star Break coming up. Let me know what you want to hear talked about on the show. Questions you have, we'll get them on Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.